Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. We talked about last week, second, uh, James chapter 2, verse 14. New Living Translation says this, Faith without good deeds is dead. Faith without good deeds is dead. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? You say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, but you're not doing nothing. What good is it? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Can you witness to anybody with that faith? You believe there's a God, but your actions don't show it. It don't prove it. There's no evidence in your life. So therefore, we're finding out and learning that faith produces evidence. If you have faith, there ought to be something to show. If nothing else, your life ought to be better. You ought to have a better car, a better house, a better relationship. Some things ought to get better in your life because of your faith. Faith is just that power. You can't have it and have it working in your life and there not be any evidence. You hear me? Your faith becomes the evidence of things not seen. People don't see God in your life but they see some evidence that there is a God. Because I see what he's doing in your life. Therefore, your faith now can be a blessing to them. That's the last part of that question. Can that kind of faith save anybody? When people see that God's real in your life, you know what? They'll listen to you. They might not listen to nobody else, but there'll be something about you that they can't put their finger on that they know you've got something going on that they're going to listen to. You speak to the inner man while everybody else has been speaking to the carnal man. Because what you say has weight. Remember the scripture that I came to you? I didn't come in eloquent words or speech, but I came to you in a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. So when you go to people and God's been evidence in your life, that's demonstration of power. They know you're not educated, that you're not all this. Some of you are educated, but don't rely on your education. Rely on what God has placed you. Amen? Give glory to what glory is due. All right? So now, faith without works is dead. You've got to put some action, corresponding actions to what you believe. Amen? You tell somebody you're going to beat them up and you're going to whoop them, you better be ready to do it. If you don't think you can whoop them, you better be watching out because that bluff ain't going to get you nowhere. Amen? You can't put no actions to it. Watch this. True faith will transform your conduct as well as our thought pattern. True faith if you really got the kind of faith that God's telling us, it'll change your conduct. It'll change your life. It really will. There's some stuff you won't even be able to do no more. Some places you won't be able to go no more. Why? Because, you know, faith is activated, and faith just won't let you do you. Because faith tells you that there's a God that you must glorify. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is God. God said without faith it is impossible to please him or make him happy. So therefore, when you start operating in faith, that means you want to keep God happy. So now you put some restraints on yourself, and guess what? You get some deliverance because faith will get you delivered. Some of you that are hung up on drugs, alcohol, pornography, and all those stuff, if you realize your relationship with God, you hook up with God by faith, you get delivered from all that stuff. It may be a process, but you'll see yourself getting better and better and better. Amen? All right. So, if your lifestyle has not changed, your faith is useless. Pastor, that's too bold of a statement. That, that, that sounds like a condemning statement. But what I'm saying is this. If there's something you're trying to get over, and you know it's hindering your, hindering your relationship with God, use your faith to conquer it, or else you're going to stay in that condition. God has given you the ability to get out. The thing is, and the biggest question, do you want to get out? I find out that most people don't want to get out. They like what they're doing, or they're in bondage. And when that season rolls around their life, they go back to what they liked. Uh -huh. Some of you are just waiting on your season to come around again so you can do what you've been wanting to do. Not that you haven't been delivered, 
The jail door has been opened, but you sitting on the inside because you know your season is going to come around again and you're going to get a chance to do what you want to do and have an excuse to do it. Well, you know, that's just my season. No, it's just any kid in school. If you keep failing, they're going to keep you in that grade until you try to find, well, now no child left behind. Well, what's this, no Christian left behind? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. you got to do something with your faith. If you want to stay where you are, you can, but you're going to start seeing people surpass you. They're going to go past you. And you're going to be a beggar and not a lender. And God does not want that for any of his children. He wants all of us blessed. Amen? But you have to activate your faith to get it. God said, I've already, already, I have already given you everything that pertain to life and godliness. Not only can you live it up, but you can live it right. Amen? All right. So let's change our lifestyle. This year, we're going to leave some stuff in 2016. We're not taking it until 2017. There's some things that we're just going to put our foot down and stand our ground and say, devil, you can't go with me no more. I'm divorcing you in 2016. You can't come to me in 2017 with the same old mess. I'm not having it. Amen? But you're going to have to make that statement. All right, watch this. Well, what do you do, Pastor, when faith is not enough? When it's just not enough? I, I, you know, I got God's word. I, I read the Bible, but it's just not happening for me. Well, watch this. So you see, according to James chapter 2, verse 17, faith by itself isn't enough. Don't fool yourself. Just say that you have faith. That's not enough. Unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. So just to say you have faith, and I'm, I'm sitting right here beside Miss King. Miss King, I got faith. Good. I, I, I got faith. She'll get tired of hearing me talking about I have faith. No, get your butt up and do something. Okay, there I go now. She just motivated my faith to get active. Most people just say, yeah, I believe. It's going to be all right. Okay. You're gonna, it's going to be all right, but you're not doing anything. We just got out of, out of Thanksgiving, headed to Christmas. If all this food on the table, you said, send it to, I am sure hungry. I am so hungry. Everybody got plates. They eat. They just start wrapping stuff up and taking it to the car. And you still sit there talking about you hungry. Whose fault is it? Get up and do something. Go get you something to eat. God said, I've already given you everything that pertains to life. Go get it. Stop telling me, Lord, just bless me. I've already blessed you. Go get it. Go find your blessing. It's there. Get active, and you're going to bump into the person that I've assigned to be with you. God created somebody for you, but you still say right here, what is it? <laughs> really? Do something with your faith. Believe, and you shall receive. Act. Put some action to it. You know, how many of you all have saw uh, Steve Harvey, uh, what said that he built fam Family Feud? And they do this survey, of, and they get all these answers. I've surveyed 100 people, and this is their answer. Okay? I have surveyed some people, and this was their answer. So I'm going to ask you the question. Faith is positive. So stay away from negative what? Most of y'all say, this survey now of 100 people, all this side say negative people. What did this side say? People. So number one, the, the, this was the number one answer, negative people. Number two may be negative places. Or whatever it is that you know you need to stay away from, you can put it in that blank. But the number one consensus of all the people said people. So if faith is positive, at some point, you have to make a decision about negative people. Now, you can't get away from all of them, but you can limit some of them. Some of you need to be off Facebook. Now, let me, don't say nothing, just sit up straight, okay? I tell y'all, I'm going to talk about addiction in the first part of the year. Some of you are addicted to Facebook. And most of you just putting your business out there. Sit up straight. I'm not talking about, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm just putting it out there. Now, if that's you, just look straight ahead. Nobody never know it was you, okay? You need to put your face in the book, in God's book. That's the problem that we're facing in this new year come. We don't know God like we should. You'd rather put your business out on Facebook than to talk to him about it. 
Those people out there on Facebook can't, they don't want any answers. I had gotten off Facebook, I got back out there and tried to put some, new, some scriptures on there, you know, and some stuff to try to encourage people and stuff like that. They didn't want to hear that. People don't want to hear that. I even put out there, I said, wouldn't it be a good thing if we were to use Facebook to let people know the blessings that God's coming on our life and everybody just chiming in, talking about, ooh, he blessed me this. Ooh, I saw a miracle the other day. This, this. Folks say, I don't know, somebody stupid says I'm stupid. <laughs> but what did I expect? I'm talking to the world. The world wide web. I'm talking to everybody. So everybody don't see what I see and they don't believe what I believe. So therefore, sometimes you need to keep your comments to yourself because it's going to damage what faith you have. Misery loves company. So some of y'all love Facebook. <laughs> Amen? All right. So if you're going to keep your faith alive and active, you're going to have to decide what negative thing you need to get away from, folks, because faith is positive. Now, you can't get away from all negative people. And some places you go, you can't. You, well, I'm not going to work no more because it's negative. Well, hold on. No, I, you can't get away from all, you know, you got to have some sense and some balance, okay? All right? So you can't get away from everything, but you can protect yourself through the Scriptures. Amen? You get the Word of God in you, and the Word going to rise up in you and be a shield. That's why the Bible says the Word of God is a shield and a protector. Something is going to try to get in your spirit, but because of the Word in you, it's going to shield it, and it won't get no farther than here. It won't get into here. Three parts of man, your body. Your mind, your soul, or your suke, your emotional being, but then your spirit, your heart, your conscience. This is what God wants you to keep clean. Sometimes you let people in there and they ain't got no business being in there. That's just a little word for you. All right, so first, uh, James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. Watch this. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. You say you have faith. And faith is the advanced information that we receive from God that we must act upon. Something God told you in advance already what he was going to do. You sick? He said, I'm your healer. You in jail? He said, I'll already set you free. So you're going to have to act on what God said and do it, put some action to it. But if you're just a listener of God's word and don't do it, you're fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word of God, listen to the word, and don't obey it. It's like facing, glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. It's like glancing in a mirror. You go in there, you look at yourself, you got yourself together, you walk away, and you don't even remember what you look like. Elder Reader, describe yourself. Did you look in a mirror this morning? Describe yourself to me. Yeah, that's enough. All right. You're trying to forget. Remember what you look like. God said, that's how it is. When you don't act on the word of God, you forget what you look like. You forget that you were created in his image and in his likeness. You forget that he created you to act like him. And therefore, you act your own way and not the way that he has called you to act. And that's wrong. And that's what most Christians, that's why people say, I hate going to church. Why? Because all these hypocrites in the church. Why? Because they're expecting godly people. And they find you. Hmm, I don't want to sit there. Uh -uh. I don't want to sit down front. I want to sit at the back. No, I don't want to sit at the back. I want to sit over there. Hmm, I feel like preaching today. I brought my own Bible. I don't know what your intentions are when you come here. I don't know what your mindset. I don't know what the devil has told you. But you know why you come to church? You come to hear a word that's going to help you get through life. So you don't come here just for to see people, even though people may get on your nerves. You come here because you need something. Amen? And if you put a demand on the anointing, I don't care who's up here. God is faithful. He will give you, he'll give you your word. He'll give you what you need. It's up to you to do something with it. Amen? But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what I say and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You hear that? If you look carefully into the perfect law, if you look carefully into the word of God, 
Okay? Because the word of God is what sets you free. And if you do what it says, do what it says. If you do what he said, he gave you these scriptures, and they are for reproof, for correction. Some of you are making some errors in life, but you haven't made the word of God superior or absolute, and you still have options. When there's an absolute, there are no options. When God says to do this, when he says love your enemies, there's no options. There's no options. He said pray for them that, that, that misuse you and say all manner of evil, that all manner of evil. When they cuss you out, pray for them. That's what he meant. When they cuss you out, pray for them. There's no option. Well, you know what? Hmm, they deserve to get a piece of my mind. That may be the last piece of your mind you have left. And you get it up, there's nothing left, and you're crazy. So watch how you handle yourself when you get the word of God, when you get the truth of God. Do what the word says do. And God said, God will bless you for doing it. You've got to believe that there's a God. And he's going to bless you for obeying his word. If his word gets you in trouble, then his word has to get you out. You can't lose when it comes to God. Amen? All right, let's go on. Because I'm going to try to get these scriptures in you today. So here we go. Faith will help you or make you or force you to go the extra mile. Okay? I've been operating in faith, and I've realized that there's some time that I, have to, I might have to burn the midnight oil. Mm-hmm. That means what I'm doing, what God's doing in my life, that took faith. It takes faith for me to continue to keep it going. So sometimes I have to be up in the middle of the night. I wake up and I can't sleep, and I just can't think that it was a cabbage that I ate. No, that was God speaking to me. Okay? I have to realize that God's doing a work in me because he's trying to get me somewhere. I cannot be lazy when it comes to God. You understand? Some of us are lazy when it comes to God. God's trying to speak to us, but we want to get sleepy. No, open yourself up and say, God, speak to me. Speak through me. Tell me. Show me. Let me get your scripture. Let me get the word. Let me start looking through the word of God. Amen? If you want it bad enough, you will do what faith calls for you to do. Amen? Not only that, you may have to listen to the, <laughs> listen and challenge the way you see things. All right? One thing about perception is that your perception is your perception. If you think, if your perception is that Elder Harris don't like you, and he coming here with a toothache, that's because he don't like you. He frowning because he don't like you. You don't realize you have a toothache. Your perception is that he don't like you. And anything he do now feeds into your perception. It's hard for him to change your perception because guess what? It's personal. It's yours. The man just had a toothache. But I knew he didn't like me. Look at him how he frowned. Every time I look at him, he frowned at me. He frowned at everybody because his tooth is hurting. Not saying you have a toothache. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Amen. You don't have a toothache. Amen. But I'm saying perception is strong, people. So you have to change your own perception of people. Stop coming in here thinking that everybody got it together. Because when you come through that door with a perception that the church is right and everybody's right, you're going to be hurt. It's a place where hurting people go to get healed, to get repaired, to put back together. So you're going to run to somebody who, who, who's hurting, who's frowning, who had a bad night. And they come in here to hear a word. And they don't need no mess from y'all Christians telling them where to sit. I got enough on me just making it through last night. Now you tell me I came and sat where I want. Just give me my bag. I'm gone. Bye. Their perception of the church is that everybody has been made whole. Guess what? The truth is, we have not been made whole. We've been made whole by faith, but we're in the process of being complete. Amen? Amen? We come here to give him thanks. Remember the 10 people that he healed? Only one came back and said, thank you, Lord. That man was made whole. The rest of them just got their healing. Mm. That's deep. Okay. All right. You... you <laughs> You will have to, these are, these are made, but this is one thing that's for sure. You're going to have to trust God and make him your partner. Whether you're in business, whether you're on your job, or whether you're just trying to live life, 
You have to have somebody on your side that can pull you through. And he has made the way available for you. He says, you are following me by faith. Make me your partner. Let me ride with you. Let me go there with you. Talk to me about it before you do it. Treat me like I'm your partner. God is my business. And I hate to make stuff personal, but, but that's the only way I can try to let you understand that I know this stuff is working because it's working for me. Now, I am not the only person it's working for, but I do know it's working for me. He is my partner. Amen? There's sometimes I, I have done my tithing, and I just said, you know, you know what? You're worth more than that. Boom, I give him more tithe. I do more. I go out and I witness more. And I make sure I try to stand up for him and say something. No, no, you, don't, you, don't, you don't talk bad about God. Mm-mm, don't do that. That's my partner. What do you mean talk bad about God? There's some people who are blaming God because things went bad in their life. Why you take my loved one, God? You did. God said, wait a minute, hold on. What that happened, that, that wasn't me. So I have to come in and I have to set the record straight. Oh, God may have received them, but he didn't take them from you. He received them. There's a scripture in Isaiah that talks about it, that sometimes God takes people because he saw the, the, the hell that they were going to go through and he just receives them to himself. Anyway, that's, that's, that's pretty deep. All right. So you're going to have to trust God and make him a part in your life. Make him a part of your life. If I know that God is a part of my life, and some of you all who keep uh, sinning when that time come around your life or when your season come in, if you realize that God is a part of your life, guess what? When God get ready to elevate you and bless you, your season is going to come face you. Because what the devil is trying to do is get you away from your blessing. And the best way he can get you away from your blessing is to get you in sin. Why? 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 Because sin separates you from your God. This is known. This is scripture. So the devil is using scripture against you. So next time the attack coming, if you, like I told you last week, if you can just tear it for one hour, give God one hour, fight that temptation for one hour, and I guarantee you, that devil's going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Just give God an hour. Get into your praise, get into some worship, get into your scripture. But that temptation will be so strong in that moment that you don't want to hear from God. This side of you wants to do its own thing. That flesh, that carnal side, want to go get that drink, want to smoke that, want to look at that, that, that pornography, want to do that. At that moment, the temptation is so strong, you think it's you, but it's a spirit. And that spirit is ministering to you, and you think it's you, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Then go do something to counteract it. Go tarry with him just for that hour, and you watch. You watch. You're going to come out with the victory. Sit straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of you lose them because you don't even have to lose. You just don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to fight. Sometimes your faith requires that you fight. <laughs> put in the work. Be willing to put your deuce up and say, devil, this is as far as I go. I'm not going to do that. I failed last year this time. And it took me a whole, year, a whole year to get back to this point again. And I'm not going to fail now. I want to see what my blessings are. I want all that he has for me, and I'm willing to fight for it. Don't bring every addiction and every bondage into every year and wait on that season to come for him to tempt you again. The Bible says you give him place to him. My mama used to say, every year this time, I get the flu. Well, you saying it, you can have whatsoever you say. You know what my mama did? She went and took the flu shot because she knew she was going to get it. And guess what? You took the shot rather than take the faith. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against medicine. And I'm definitely not against faith. Some of you need more faith than you need medicine. But I'll leave that alone because you're going to stop taking your medicine because pastor said, I did not tell you to stop taking your medicine. I'm telling you, take some faith with your medicine. You might know, the doctor might take you off your medicine, but he cannot take you off your faith. You'll get that one later. Faith requires work. It's not God's fault. If you meet Jesus early. You hear me? It's not God's fault 
if you don't put your faith to work, if you don't fight. You've got to get that word in you. Watch this. Confession scriptures. How many of you make confessions of scriptures? You need to do this daily. Get that word in you, especially young people. Get some word in you. You don't know when you're going to have to fight. Well, I'm too young to fight. I'm a teenager. You're really? Huh? I talked to a friend of mine who's a doctor. He said, you know, in this community, I asked him, I said, okay, what do we need to be praying about in this community? I said, what do you see? I talked to the police department. I talked to this, and this doctor. I talked to him the other day. He said, what I see coming in here now, he said, when I was in Memphis, I saw a lot of gunshot wounds. I saw a lot of gang violence and stuff like that coming in. He said, but in this area, I see addiction to drugs, and I see a whole lot of depression, especially from young folk. Young folks are depressed. You're like, what are they going to be depressed about? Life. And all the hospitals and drugs and all the people want to do is put them on drugs, pharmaceuticals. He said, everybody's on drugs. Young kids come in there, and they're on Ritalin and all this other stuff. The older people, the, 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 uh, high, the, uh, the, the young adults, they come in there because they're antidepressants. Old people come in there because they just depressed on what they did when they were younger. <laughs> Stuff they didn't let go of. And so they put them on strong drugs that the, that, the, that the young people are stealing, who are getting on it, getting to the young. It's just a mess. And they say, and now, above all things, heroin is coming back strong. We're in the last days, and if we don't do something with our faith, we're going to be on something too. Mm-hmm. So you get on the scriptures and obey the word of God, praying and praise and worship. You know what? Somebody told me, sent me a message today, and I'm not going to give their name out, but they came to praise and worship this Sunday, our prayer time. And Brother Demetri just did a, a worship, prayer and worship. And they said, while they were sitting there, and I started to read the whole thing, they gave me the okay to read it. So I'm not saying I put all y'all business out, but I talked to them about it before, I, before I'm saying something about it. And they told me, they say, just sitting there, I felt that I need to repent and let some things go for my wife and myself. I let it go. I was holding on to some past stuff, and that was giving the devil a place in my life. He said, so when I let, when I let it go, he said, I was holding on to the chair. I know I'm paraphrasing some. He said, I was leaning on the chair, but prophetically speaking, I saw myself leaning on Jesus. He said, while that praise and worship was going on, he said, I felt a freedom. I felt so light. He said, I knew that was deliverance. See, some of y'all are holding on to some mess that you can't lean on Jesus. That mess you're holding on to is your leaning pole. What you need to do is lean on Jesus. Let that stuff go. Tell it to him in Scripture, through Scriptures. Your marriage can't get right because you won't let go. You won't humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Come in here and worship and cry out before God. God, you've got to help me because if you don't help me, I just messed up. God, if you don't deliver me, there is no help for me. You're the only, to thee I lift my hands, God. You're the only help that I know. you got to cry out to God. you got to stop acting like you're too cute. I'm going to tell you, faith won't let you look cute all the time. Faith going to allow you to look ugly sometimes. And when it really hits you right, you ain't gonna, people going to have to, people going to feel sorry. They're going to give you some tissue. Look, clean that up. You didn't even know how ugly you were looking. You just didn't know. Sometimes when you give it next to God, you can't care about your, your status and your status quo in life. You got to get ugly. You got to get down and cry out to God, help me. People are like, woo. But you look cute when you're kind of dope. I don't care about it. take these heels, take this purse, take this tie, whatever you need. I, I got to get to him. I can look good after this old way. We can laugh and talk about it. Girl, yeah, I, was, I fell out of that floor. Woo. I was wild all in that floor. Woo. I got carbon burns all on my elbow. Woo. But I got my freedom. Some of you can't get what you want because you're too cute. You spend too much time looking good in the mirror that you don't need to be looking ugly in front of folks. That, that one went over your head, too. All right. So, your faith requires work when you start fighting temptation. How many of you ever been tempted before? Oh, a few of y'all been tempted. That's good. The rest of y'all just lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some of you being tempted right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You need your faith, baby, when you're being tempted. And you need some strong faith at that time. 
You need some, you need some scriptures to flow up out of you that you've been placed in there for times like these. And if there's no scripture for the for your spirit man to grab a hold to, guess what? That temptation is going to get stronger and stronger until you actually do it. Because there was no constraint. There was no restraint. The love of Christ, because I love Christ, he constrains me. I can't do what I used to do because I love him. Now, I just didn't all of a sudden love him. It was a process of time. And my love from him is now the fact of what he pulled me out of. And I don't want to hurt him again. And I don't want him to expose me before y'all. So I ready to get myself together. Mm-hmm. Some of you all won't serve in church because you know that if I serve in church and mess up, they're going to look at me like a hypocrite. I'm going to tell you the truth. They're looking at you like a hypocrite anyway. <laughs> so put yourself some pressure on yourself. Say, you know what? I'm going to usher. I'm going to do something because, you know what? I'm not going to be left. I'm not going to be... I can't usher. Why? Because I was out on Beale Street last night, and I know I messed up some stuff. I know I was in the club, and I was just looking all crazy. I know I was just smoking some crazy dope, and I was just, and now these folks coming to church. What they doing coming to church? Well, you here. <laughs> and you just have to be sitting on the door, and now they know you. And you don't want to risk that. So you just won't serve. You just look like another person in the pew. I don't know what your excuses are. All right, but your faith requires work. One thing about it. And y'all know uh, my mentor, Pastor Williams, and I thank God he's coming back around. Uh, praise God for that. And I told him, I left a message on his voicemail. I said, Pastor, I just thank God that you had the word inside of you. Because when the attack comes, it does not mean because you're a pastor or you've been in the pool pit for so long that the devil won't come after you. It said that, 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 that the devil came in something about a gallstone, a gallbladder, something twisted or something like that. It cut off his blood flow to all the major organs in his life, in his, in his body. And his body began to shut down. They gave him 48 hours to live. Thank God that he had a wife and some children because pastor a private man. He ain't going to let everybody know what's going on. And they knew how to go into warfare for him. And I told him, I believe, I talked to Tracy, I said, I, said, I believe God. That there was so much scripture inside of him that it gave him a chance to hang on to life while y'all start fighting and praying for him. The doctor gave him 48 hours to live, and he's on his way back now. The doctor said it's definitely a miracle. It's definitely a miracle. What is faith? Advanced information that you receive from God. Stop waiting till your battle come to you before you decide to sharpen your sword. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Get yourself together because you know the devil is coming after you. This you know. You are a Christian. You're Christ-like. You know this. So why wait until he comes? Why wait till you catch that cold? Start confessing. My wife and I, we're patient. We're kind. We're gentle. Start confessing. My husband and I, we this, we did. Start saying these things now before that enemy come in. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. This is how faith works, people. So faith comes by hearing. So you got to be careful who you listen to. If faith comes by hearing and you got negative people speaking negative stuff in your life all the time, what do you expect? Your faith going to suffer. So I hate it, but you have to get away from some of them negative folks until you can get strong enough to speak back when they speak a negative. Faith is positive. And if you hang around folks speaking negative stuff in your life, then guess what? It's going to start chipping away at your faith, and you're going to start believing in yourself. Words are powerful. They're coming to tell you, you know, you can't do that. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You can't. You, you can't, you can't, you know, you know, you know you can't. And then you start, yeah, I know I can't. And now you're starting to doubt yourself. He don't have to stop you. He just has to introduce doubt to you. Jesus said you have what you want if you doubt not. So the devil said, if I can just get you to doubt this thing on work, if I can get you to doubt your healing, if I can get you to doubt this, doubt that, that's why I pass away and cut everybody off. 
don't want y'all to know where I am. I don't want y'all to know what's going on. This is a battle that's between me and the Lord. And we're going to win this one. Well, Pastor, you should have told us we would have been, oh, what you would have been doing was talking. You've been gossiping. First scripture I gave you, to tell somebody you're going to pray about them and don't pray, it does them no good at all. And some of you all do that. I'm going to be praying for you. And that's it. They ain't never said nothing, but they ain't talked to God about that. I, I'll be praying for you. You're lying. The truth ain't in you. All right, watch this. You have to stand your ground. You have to stand your ground. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 9. Israel, you know, he was talking to Hezekiah. I said, look, stop shaking. He was, he was shaking because of all these armies that said they were going to come against him and, and all this, they're going to destroy him. And he went to God. And God said, look, Israel is no stronger than his capital, Samaria. And Samaria is no stronger than his king, Pekah, son of Ramelia. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. Unless your faith is firm, God said, I can't help you. If you're not convinced that I am God and that I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me, I can't help you. If you don't believe that word is true, those scriptures are from God and his instructions that God has given you on how to handle your battle, God said, I can't help you. When you cried out to me in your distress, I sent my word. And my word healed you and delivered you. If you don't believe in my word, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do for you. I have to sit back and watch life take you out. We've get, that's why the enemy is after the word of God. He's trying to keep you out of your Bibles. He's giving you technology in the place of your Bible. Yeah, boy. All right. Real quick, watch this. For those of you who are using the word and the word's not profiting you, Hebrews 4, 2 says this. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Because it was not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You hear me talking this stuff. If you don't do something with it, it won't profit you. You are just a hearer only. You just came to church and you left the same way. If you're not convinced that you need the word of God in your life, if you don't go and try to dust, your, dust the dust off your Bible and open it up and believe that God's going to speak to you or he's going to give you a scripture, some of you are going through some stuff right now, all you need is a scripture to get you out. One word. God doesn't always speak to you in volume or in books. he gives you one word. One word, woman, thou art loose, or woman, get free, or guess what, you blessed, or highly favored, or just favored, or just, you know what, I'm with you. One word, one phrase, one sentence is all you need from God. But you got to get in there and get your word. Ooh, I'm waiting on the prophet to come. Really? Really? The Bible say that you have a more sure word of prophecy. And it is the scriptures. You wait on some prophetic man to come, or woman to come and speak in your life. And God said, I gave you the scriptures. It is a more sure word of prophecy. Anyway, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it. They don't want it, but I'm teaching it. All right. But now, watch this. You can read the word day and night. You can confess your scriptures all you want to. But if you don't do nothing with it, I, I say, God, that's a scripture that I, I confess every day. I say, God, I thank you for favor. I walk in divine favor. So when I get up and go about my day, I'm expecting favor. I'm expecting favor. I'm in business. I have business that I run, and I expect favor. Why? Because I confessed it. So I expect favor to come into my life. So much favor that it overflow in my life and flow into other people's lives. And it happens. All right, enough about me, because then I want to get into it. I want you thinking it's all about me. No, it's word is it in, within me. Guess what? I have battles too. I'm not standing up here making y'all think that I got it all together. I may have this area that's going good, but this area, I'm like, whoa, Jesus, you better do something quick. I have not apprehended, but there's one thing I do. Putting all my old mess behind me, 
I'm pressing forward to the prize, to the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. I want to be better this coming year than I was even last year. Now, I wasn't a heathen last year, but I want to be last year's timing. All right? I want to be better. There's some stuff I just want to lay aside. Some of that stuff I have, that, that stuff that was easy for me to lay aside, I laid it aside. But there's some things that hit me. I still get angry. I still fuss. I don't cuss. I don't think there's no more. I pray to God there's no more cuss words in me. All right? I don't know, because some of y'all can pull some stuff out of me that I, you know, I, I thought was dead and gone. So, so you know, don't try me, because I, I told you I hadn't apprehended yet. So you try me, and you might hear one of them, and I pray to God ain't no more in there. I honestly tell you, I pray to God ain't no more in there, but I don't know. That's a disclaimer I'm throwing out there. I just don't, I'm honest, I don't know. So if you say something and I get mad and I cuss, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me, all right? You know, yeah. Ooh, Pastor, yeah. Ooh, me. I, hey, I told you. All right. Here's something I want to show you. Whew, God. I'm going to finish this one tonight, today. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 32. Simon, this is Jesus talking to Simon. He's getting ready to go to the big uh, judge. They're finna turn him over to the, to the enemy and all this stuff. He says, Simon, Simon. All right, look, hold on, look, look, Sophia, Sophia. All right, like he wasn't listening, okay? Call her name twice. You know when somebody calls her name twice, they're really trying to get your attention because it's something that you don't see. He said, Satan has asked to sift. You don't realize that there's a spiritual warfare that's going on. Peter walked with Jesus but didn't know that the devil was walking too. There's a court in heaven that's going on where Satan is presenting his case against you. He's presenting his case because you're standing in the faith, and he's presenting his case because you won't stand at all. And his desire is to test you or to sift you like wheat, to see what he wants to x-ray you and find out what's in you that belongs to him. Some hellish ways. That devilish mindset. That witchcraft spirit. Mm-hmm. he's looking to see what tools you're using that belong to him because he's going to ask for it back. He's going to ask for access to your life so that he can see if you have faith in God or not. That's why God told him, go look at Job. He pointed him out. He said, but don't you mess with his life. And you go read Job, he almost destroyed. Some of us would have gave up. But one thing Job had was his confidence in God. He said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but though you slay me, yet I'm going to trust you. God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you through the process. All I know is when you get through with me, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. There's got to be some stuff in me, God, that you need to get out of me. And all God trying to do is test him. And then at the end, the Bible says, Job prayed for his friends. And God said, you know what? That's enough, devil. That's enough. That's enough. Leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you as wheat. But I prayed and pleaded. For you. Jesus was praying and pleading with him. You know what? There are some people out here that Satan has asked for them. But somebody been praying and pleading. It may be your son. It may be your daughter. But God is listening to your prayer because the prayers of the righteous avail as much. Put your name there in place of Simon. Mm-hmm. Put your son name, your daughter name. Put your name, but I pleaded for you. I went before heaven's court and I told them that you belong to me and that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. I told them before God that you were mine. That you are the inheritance of God. And that you repented. 
But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. The situation may get ugly, but your faith should not fail. So that when you what? Repent it and turn to me again and strengthen your brothers. Watch this. Jesus said, I pray that your faith don't fail you. The situation going to get ugly. <laughs> You're going to doubt me. You're going to deny me. You're going to wish you never knew me. But when you come to your senses, when you come back to me and realize who I am, go strengthen your brothers. There's some of you all in here who have messed up, who have done wrong. And all God says, come back to me. Repent. Repent. And because you repent, you know what repentance is? It, give me my, 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 I want to show y'all something, what repentance is. I want to give you an example so that you can take with you that's going to help you to understand what God is saying about repentance. Amen. Now, this ladder is just a symbol of what I want to use to show you or illustrate a fact. Come on back. You might be one of my angels. I'm going to sign you as an angel. All right? You don't need all that. That's all. No, I don't need all that. This is the highest point on this ladder. This is the pentacle. The highest point. The same word you get, penthouse or what, whatever it is, is the highest point. Okay. What God has seated us, and I've got two angels watching over me just in case I fall. All right? So that's why they're here. All right. I don't give no place to the devil just in case I fall. Now, at this point, I can see a lot of stuff that I couldn't see down there. Okay? I can see more attacks coming. I can see so much more. This is where I've been seated with him in heavenly places. I'm already seated here. Whether I know it or not, whether I act like it or not, and I don't care what you say about me, I'm already seated. Okay? I'm at the pentacle. What happens is, is that we're here and we listen to what everybody has to say for us and we begin to doubt where we've been placed. And before you know it, you're coming down. Some of us fall. There's a hard fall, but some of us gradually going down and don't know it. You're gradually going down because you're not listening to the Word of God, you're not obeying the Word of God, and you listen to certain people who are around you, and before you know it, you're all the way back down. They ain't happy with you back down here almost eye level. They want you all the way on their level. Now you're on their level. They're happy with you now. But God is not happy because he, you're not where he placed you. You're not at the pinnacle. You're down there with them, and you see stuff just like they see it. You can't talk to them and communicate with them or even tell them about God because you're on their level. You can't see it no more. You lost your vantage point. And guess what? Now you're acting just like them. You can't hear no more than they hear. You can't see no more than they see. They all happen now because you where they are. But there's something inside of you saying, repent. Come back up to the pinnacle. Repent means to come back up where you are. Come back up to the pinnacle. Come back up to the hot spot. So God's inside of you telling you, repent. You've done wrong. You listened to them. You got on their level. And now guess what? You busted and disgusted. But God said, come back to me. Repent. It's going to take some work. You're going to have to forget about what they're saying about you. You ain't got no right to be up there. You shouldn't belong up there. You know you done messed up. You ain't worthy. But you've been called. But you've been appointed. But you are anointed. Leave them alone and repent. Get back up where you belong. Get back to that place where he called you. Stop letting this stuff happen in your life. You can repent. Though you messed up, though you've gotten beside yourself, though you have, have, have blown it because of the faith that you had that God called you to be here. Get back where you belong. Forget about it. And they won't understand it. How can you get back up there? How can you do this? Because you gave me one set of scripture that said, if I judge myself, I won't be judged. 
So if I look at myself and say, you know what, I was wrong. Because the little girl this week did something that was really wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. And her parents and grandparents and everybody wanted to just stay on her real hard about it. But I saw some repentance in her eyes. I saw the tears in her eyes. And I knew that she had been forgiven. There was no need of whooping. There's no need of breaking the spirit anymore. There's no need. Why? Because she had repented. Now, people still want to punish. They're not happy with you getting off that easy. But that's what repentance does. It lets you off the hook because he paid the price. Everybody can't understand that, baby. Everybody can't see that. Everybody don't want to accept that. How can you get off so easy? How can you just get back up there? Because I have a Savior. I have somebody who paid the price for my mistakes. I have somebody on my side that has already forgiven what I'm still regretting. On my way back up that ladder, I felt hurt. I felt unworthy. I felt ashamed. But I felt I belonged. I had to get past me to get back to where I belong. There's a passage of Scripture that says this. John chapter 3, verse, I think it's 3 and 20. Though your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. And he knows all things. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.